open up to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to be um, talking about walking with the Spirit in 2020. Walking with the Spirit in 2020. And uh, I'm excited about that. Um, just a reminder, ladies, don't forget you have uh, the ladies' Christmas party right at 12.30 today. And so we did that, so if people had to run people home or whatever, um, 12.30, and um, I know what you're having for your main course, and it was smelling good all morning long. It was making me hungry, and then it was like, I had to say to Bodhi, but we don't get anything, <laughs> because that's for the ladies. We'll probably have some leftovers, who knows. And if we don't, that's okay, too. <laughs> but praise the Lord. Walking with the Spirit. And the other thing, Timey and I were talking that um, with the cards. You know, we need to start praying. Lord, show me who to talk to. Show me those people that you want me to go up to and talk to. Show us, Lord, because there are people who want to get saved. They just have never had a Christian come up to them and say, Hey, do you want Jesus? <laughs> I mean, we, it just doesn't, we, we're shy today for some reason. And Jesus said, go. And he meant everywhere you go, wherever you are at, tell somebody about Jesus. And it's so important today. And because they're not getting it. They're not hearing about the Lord today. And um, we need to be telling them more and more about Jesus. Because my word, um, who's better I mean, think about how the Lord has answered your prayers and touched your life. All right, let's get into Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to tell you something. 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. That's how long author Malcolm Galdwell suggests it takes to become skillful at any craft. Think about that, 10,000 hours. Even for the greatest artists and musicians of all time, their tremendous inborn, inborn talent wasn't enough to achieve the level of expertise that they would eventually attain. They needed to immerse themselves in their craft every single day. Now, I, I'm going to tell you about some, Frank Sinatra, you know, I've mentioned him because everybody knows who Frank is, right? Every decade that he was alive, he had a top 10 hit. I mean, he, he is the person, when you say cool, that's who that, it was not Fonzie, it was Frank, Okay, it was Frank who started the Bobby Soccers. It was his manager. Did you know that? It was Frank's manager who taught, would pay girls to run the stage and scream their heads off and faint. After the initial amount of money he spent on girls doing that, he didn't have to pay any more out. And that's why when you see big stars today, the girls all scream their heads off. It all goes back to Frank. Well, did you know that Frank, even though he was this big star and sing his head off, did you know he put hours and hours into practice all the time? He made his musicians practice all the times because every note had to be 
precise and right because he had a way of singing right on certain notes. And the reason I know that is my dad would work with the, the team that would do all his sound when they would come to Chicago. And when my dad would have to go ahead and put sound systems in, he always wanted that team hired because they were the best. Because they could make a whole room balance so well. And it was just amazing. And so 10,000 hours it takes. As strange as it may, might seem, we need, as Christians, a similar mentality when it comes to learning to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians, Paul encourages the church to be set apart for God. But Paul explained that this couldn't be achieved through merely obeying a set of rules. The church went through that, you know. Um, if we just follow these rules, we would be okay. But no, we need to learn how to walk with the Spirit in 2020. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this message today. Lord, encourage us by your word today to walk with the Spirit Allow the Spirit to rule in our lives because, Jesus, you are our King. And, Lord, we should live for you each and every day. Lord. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that you are in charge of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you are our great shepherd. I thank you, Lord, that you go ahead and you deal with the wolves in sheep's clothing. I thank you, Lord, that, oh, hallelujah, that you are in charge of this service today. I thank you, Lord, that you got your hand upon all of us. In Jesus' name, and I thank you for your anointing. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We are called to walk with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 13. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not there yet. I want to talk about verse 16 first. Verse 16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It's so important I go here first. The Greek word that Paul uses for walk in Galatians 5.16 literally means to walk around and around something or to journey. So we are walking around, let, let me put it this way, we walk, and round, walk around a verse that the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to us. That is, talked, that is getting it into our spirit, getting it into our minds, getting the, to understand what the Lord is speaking to us, but it also means to journey. 
That means wherever we go, wherever we, wherever we put our foot, we are not walking alone, but the Holy Spirit is going with us, and we are open to what the Holy Spirit would have us to do and to say. Walking with the Spirit meant journeying with the Spirit each day, and it's not just a one-time experience of His power. Too many of us think it's a one Oh, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I speak in tongues now, and that's it. I've arrived. No, it's a daily infilling, a daily walk, a daily being open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. And yet we have free choice. We can choose to follow the Holy Spirit, or we can choose not to. We have free choice because we, that's how God made us. We have been called to liberty. And, and, and most people don't understand liberty. Liberty is talking about the freedom we have in Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to 13. For brethren, this is Galatians 5 verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. <laughs> Praise God. But here's the thing. It's liberty from the law. It's liberty to live a holy life. We're no longer under the law of the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law for us, and that's why we can be saved. The law taught us why we needed to be saved. It taught us that we are sinners and we need God to redeem us and to change our lives. And the law taught us that a redeemer would come and die as the Lamb of God. And Jesus came and he died on a rugged cross so that you and I could be saved. And aren't we glad he didn't just die, but he rose again? Hallelujah. He rose from the dead. He says, oh, death, we, we've been set free from the grave. We've been set free from sin, and we've been set free from death. How can we not want to walk in that, the Spirit of God, each and every day after all that Jesus has done for us? But Paul goes on to say, only not use... Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Because you are living under grace, do not think sin is unconsequential. Because you are living under grace, don't think you can go, oh, I can just sin. It don't matter. I can do what I want. It don't matter. Because I'm covered by grace, and grace, no love covers a multitude of sin. What did Paul say in, in Romans chapter 6? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Today, there's so much cheap grace today that's being taught. Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what. You, God's grace will just cover it all up. That's not true. If you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life and operate in your life, you better go ahead and say, Lord, I want to live for you, and I'm going to live for you, and I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to live according to the Holy Spirit, and that's our choice. And we need to make that choice. Lord, I'm going to live for you each 
and every, every day. Remember, we are given freedom. Hello? Remember, we are given freedom, but not freedom to the flesh. Paul goes on to say in verse 13, but by love serve one another. This is Paul's constant concern. How will you use your freedom? How will you live your new life? It's a choice every day. I choose to live for the Lord every day. I choose to read my Bible every day. I choose to pray every day. I choose to love others every day. I choose, Lord, to have your agenda, not my fleshly agenda. I choose that you be greater in my life than me. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. The apostle is telling us how the law is fulfilled in our lives here. That's why he says this. The Bible is really not that hard to understand. It's pretty clear. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. In this, the whole law stands fully obeyed. This can be done and, in fact, will be done, providing the believer ever makes the cross of Christ the object of his, his or her faith. Accordingly, the Holy Spirit will then provide the power for us to do what we should do. Do. Again, it's not this wouldn't this this is not the cross we're talking about. We don't worship a stick. We don't worship the cross that we hang around our neck. That cross we hang around our neck should be a witness tool. Should it not? My word, Mike Lindell. Everybody knows who the pillow man is, right? MyPillow.com. What does he do? He wants everybody to know that it was, if it wasn't for Jesus, he wouldn't be saved. If it wasn't for Jesus, he wouldn't be a multimillionaire. If it wasn't for Jesus, he wouldn't have his children in his life. If it wasn't for Jesus, he wouldn't have the wife that he has. If it wasn't for Jesus, he would have been, never been able to invent that pillow. Or now the sheets. Or the whatever. And so he always puts that cross out. When you see his commercials, he's always wearing the cross. It's not because it, this is the cool thing to do. I just want to accessorize. No, it's his way of being able to use that as a tool to witness to others. What do you wear that cross for? Well, let me tell you. That man should be dead. He had people who wanted to kill him. I mean, this is how much God was looking out for him. Can you imagine your drug dealers <laughs> down in Minneapolis? Can you imagine your drug dealers? And the, I mean, these are the guys who control the streets. Did an intervention for him. Can you imagine that? It's in his new book. I haven't gotten his book, but it's in his new book. They cut him off. He had been up so many days straight because of the drugs he was using. His, his drug deal, all of them came to, they came to him and they said, Mike, we're cutting you off. 
And one of the guys stayed with him. Big, nasty-looking dude, you know. The guy fell asleep. Mike went out on the streets trying to get drugs because he needed another hit. Nobody would sell to him because their bosses had told them, no more for Mike. And they looked at him and said, Mike, you've been saying for years that you're going to write a book. We want you to be alive to do it. He says, it was those little things that God did. He said, God shouldn't have been concerned about me. But those little things that God did, and finally, he finally surrendered his life to Christ and got saved. He always believed in God. He always believed in what God could do for a person. But he wasn't saved, and he says, once he asked Jesus into his heart, it made all the difference. He's probably the, one of the most famous Minnesotans that are alive today. And I think to myself, and now you're going to be hearing a lot about it. He is starting a program for people who are addicted, not just to drugs, but alcohol and everything else, to see the power of Christ change lives. He says it's never been about the pillows. It's about getting a platform of what am I going to do with it for God. Listen for verse 15. Oh, before I get there, we're talking about loving your neighbor as yourself. You know, loving your neighbor is telling them about Jesus. Loving your neighbor is telling them about Jesus. How can you say you love your neighbor as much as yourself if you don't tell them about Jesus and then your neighbor goes to hell while you go to go to heaven? That's what it comes down to, loving your neighbor. It's not just shoveling their driveway. If you've got somebody around you that needs their driveway shoveled, shovel it. My word, it's nice to have people come along and help rescue you. You know, Timey says it was so wonderful. A neighbor came and helped her because they broke their plow. That's wonderful. But we need to really love them by telling them about Jesus who showed us what love was all about in the first place. Verse 15, but if you bite, ooh, but if you bite and devour one another, this is why I'm using the old King James, because how it puts it here. But if you bite and devour one another, which will be done if the believer seeks to live under the law. If they're trying to do it in their own strength, if they're trying to do it in their own thinking, if they're trying to do it with their own agenda, this is what happens. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you will be not consumed. Take heed that you will that you be not consumed of another. If love is absent, if love is absent, this tells us that the cross is absent. And when that is absent, fighting and quarreling always follow the law. Hmm. There is no place for fighting and quarreling in the house of God. It must be repented of. Because how can we, if we don't repent of it, how can we love one another? Let me tell you something. 
We've had so much love around this place because there's been no quarreling, no fighting, no yelling, no upset. Nobody's having their own agenda. We've always, we're all about wanting to have God's agenda. No, no running out, slamming doors, jumping in cars, squealing away. None of that has been happening. Why? Because we've decided we're not going to bite and devour one another. We're going to love one another. And we're going to make God's agenda our agenda for our church. We're going to have God's agenda be our agenda for Wapit and Breckenridge. We're going to make sure God's agenda is what we live for, not our own. We're going to follow our great shepherd, Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd. I'm just an under-shepherd under Jesus. I just want to follow what he has for us. That is why we've started our Thursday night worship service. Oh, my word. We got friends who can't come to church on Sundays because they got to work. So we have our Thursday night worship service, and it is so much fun. We come and we sing and we pray. And uh, we have a message, and we even got to get to testify. Oh, well, Timey had some, she testified. She had three verses that God had put on her heart, and she got to testify about walking close with Jesus. It was awesome. Awesome. So how do we not give into the lust of the flesh? This is what it's really talking about, the lust of the flesh. Yes, if your eyes are off of Jesus, giving it to your flesh. That's what it is. If you're quarreling and bickering with people, you're just giving into your flesh. If you're a hothead, you're just giving into your flesh. Come on. If you can't love others, you're just giving into your flesh. If you're trying to destroy, you're just giving into the flesh. Amen. If you've come to steal sheep, you're just into the flesh. Do that all the time. Oh, my word. I've always been wanting to get new people saved. I could empty out other churches if I wanted to and bring them here. But that's not what it's about. God called them to... Our friends over at Harvest are supposed to be there at Harvest. I could get a whole bunch of them over here by going... I know exactly what to say. All I'm doing is I'm not growing the kingdom. All I'm doing is transferring sheep from one sheep pen into another sheep pen. While the people who are unsaved in our community are dying and going to hell. That would be wrong. You know, I've always been gratified that between Harvest and us, we've never done that to each other. They're harvesting another church. That's a different story, but I'm not going to talk about that. That's happened over and over again. My word, one of the pastors said to me, I feel so guilty. So what do you feel guilty about? Well, we just went ahead and traded a bunch of members. I took a bunch of members out of that church, and they took a bunch of members out of my church, and I feel guilty. Why? Because I got the better lot. I don't want that. I don't. I want to see, you know, you know what happens when you take stuff out of, I don't want to have to clean up what somebody else has done. If I get people saved and we disciple them, I don't have to worry about all that. 
And that's what I've always been about since I've come to Wapen and Breckenridge. Seeing souls say, people who've never known Jesus Christ or they have a vague understanding of Jesus but they've been stuck in places that have never taught them what it means to be saved and we got a lot of places like that today and, and by the way pastor at Harvest and I are friends why would we do that to each other I love them over there they got good folks and sometimes we get together and have fun that's how it should be but see, that's walking in the freedom that we've been given in the Holy Spirit. But if I gave into the lust of the flesh, how is that walking in the Spirit? So how do we not give into the lust of the flesh? Well, the number one way we don't give into the lust of the flesh is we walk in the Spirit. Verse 16. This I say then, walk. We talked about that walk, but here's another definition. Order your behavior. Order your behavior. Surrender to the Holy Spirit to control your, your spirit. Too much, the problem is most Christians don't understand. We, have a, we are flesh, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. Because of the fall, our spirit's not, usually not in control. The Bible says we are, the spirit is always warring with the flesh. Right? Spirit's always, the flesh wants to do something naughty. My son's learning about that. You know, you can make better choices. You don't have to do something that's naughty. I know. So, him and the dog are getting along much better. Dog, it's never been the dog's problem. It's always been... And, and, and because, you know, the dog and him are such good buddies and the dog has such a loving demeanor. He just loves his boy. You know, I just thank God for that. But see, what happens to us as Christians, we don't understand that our spirit man, our spirit woman is supposed to rule our life not the flesh David was having a hard day one day King David and you know and, and he was a guy that had problems with the flesh too right we know the story but David was having a hard time he wrote most of the Psalms of the Bible and and it was time to go worship the Lord and he really needed to worship but his flesh was feeling it at all he oh I don't want to go I'm miserable I'm just angry whatever was the reason but he finally said in that psalm I told my spirit to worship the Lord and he did and he wrote that psalm verse 16 thus I say then walk in the spirit we do so by placing our faith exclusively in, the, in Christ and the cross through which the Spirit works exclusively. The message of the cross, he works through exclusively. In other words, he works through Jesus in our lives. You know the reason why I've been stressing the cross more is because the cross in the last 20 years have been downplayed in most churches. 
the cross has been downplayed on television. A lot of churches won't even have a cross in their sanctuary anymore. A lot of churches won't even put a cross on their building anymore because, ooh, the cross is icky. It might offend somebody. It's bloody. Well, praise God for that blood that was shed on the cross. It's what washed our sins away. It's what Jesus took. He took his precious blood and he went to heaven and he sprinkled it on the mercy seat of God for our salvation. It is that blood that by his stripes are we healed. So why wouldn't we talk about the message of the cross? Because that message of the cross is Jesus Christ and what he has done for us so that we can live in freedom. And I'm talking about spiritually free, eternally free. You know, when we walk in the Spirit, we find that we have more freedom than we ever thought. Back to verse 16. I even... So walk in the Spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This proves the existence of the sin nature in the believer. It declares that the um, consciousness of corrupt, corrupt desire that is in us, it states the only way to not fulfill the lust of the flesh is for our faith to be played exclusively in Christ and the cross. You see, what this is talking about is our sanctification. It's Jesus who sanctified us. We can't sanctify ourselves. Do you, do you remember the day when we were learning about sanctification in the old days and it was always about this rule and that rule? Well, you better, you better wear, not cut your hair. Remember that was a rule, you can't cut your hair? Um, ladies, if you want to be truly sanctified, you can't wear pants. What does that have to do with anything? It's the heart that gets sanctified. And the only way to do it, we can't sanctify ourselves. The only way to do it is through Jesus Christ. He's, we are blood-bought. He's the one who does the work. And besides, when we got saved, he separated us unto himself. That's the, that's the beginning of our sanctification. He separated us unto himself, and now we belong to heaven. How can we do it in our own strength? Come on. My word. Hey, don't you have things in your own life that you've never been able to control? The only one who can control is Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can help us. And let me say something before I move to verse 17. I'm going to use another word for the flesh, emotions. This is why we don't allow our emotions to control us. It's the truth. Do not confuse your emotions for the Holy Spirit. I knew somebody who did that all the time. If he didn't get an emotional high, he didn't think God was moving. My word, I'll tell you what, a spiritual high is never, it touches our emotions, but it's never controlled by our emotions. Let me tell you. But an emotional high can fool us thinking and be a counterfeit of what God is really doing. 
get to say such and such. It doesn't matter what you have to say. It's from the Lord. And is it appropriate at that moment? For the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. This I say, then walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow. Verse 17. For the flesh, in this case, evil desires, lusts against the spirit, is the opposite of the Holy Spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. It is the Holy Spirit alone who can subdue the flesh. He does so, as we have repeatedly stated by faith, being placed exclusively in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross. And these, the spirit and the flesh, are contrary, the one to the other. These two can never harmonize, as Paul has stated. The old nature must be cast out, which the Holy Spirit alone can do, so that you can, so that you cannot do the things that you would without the Holy Spirit who works by the cross, the believer cannot live a holy life. Can we say amen? I told you the story about Brother Fonts in Sunday school this morning and how God set him free from all his addictions when he got saved. See, a person doesn't have to remain addicted. I love our AA. We have two of them. I love them. But I, but I wish I could tell them that they don't have to be addicts the rest of their life. You don't have to be. Because those who Jesus has set free, the Bible says, are free Indeed, if Jesus has saved you and he has overcome that thing in your life by the working of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You're no longer an addict. You've been set free. That doesn't mean you go out and start drinking. Oh, I'm no longer an addict. I can drink anytime I want. No, you don't tempt the Lord. <laughs> Remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan? Jesus didn't give in to the temptation. He just gave him, he just gave the old devil the scripture that's the best way of dealing with things get into the bible and when you start getting tempted to do things that you know you're not supposed to start quoting the scripture to that thing be led by the spirit verse 18 but if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law, which goes back to that we've been given liberty. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, not under legalism. And you know, legalism can take many forms. <laughs> You're not being led by everything you will. Our will needs to be turned over to the Holy Spirit and we will find that we have more freedom 
than we ever thought we could have. Remember, we have been called unto liberty. My word. What do you think, Joseph? Joseph sold as a slave, then thrown into prison could still have the joy in the Lord in his life because he knew that he was given liberty by God and, and, and he didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> Think about that. I'm sure he had moments of anger, but you never see it ruling his life. And then when his brothers came to see him, did he get even? Did he allow his emotions to control him? No, he dealt with them in love and in grace. May we pray to be filled with the Spirit daily, to yield to the Spirit's work as he counsels, guides, comforts, and is simply there with us. And as we're led by the Spirit, in this way we become better and better at hearing his voice and following his leading. Oh, Holy Spirit, may I walk with you today and every day. Oh, let this be our prayer. Father, help me to experience the presence and leading of the Holy Spirit today so that I might walk with you and live in a way that pleases you. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this word today. Help us to walk with the Spirit in 2020. Help us to fulfill everything you're calling us to do. Help us to listen to your voice. Send us to the people that you would have us to talk to. And Lord, we know that help us to reach out to those whosoever will. Help us, Lord. For Lord, we know that you're coming soon. And Lord, time is not long yet for us to be here. But Lord, we want to take advantage of every day we have to share the good news with others. Lord, I pray that you would fill each one with your Holy Spirit. Some here need a refilling and others need to be filled the first time. Lord, pour out your Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, if you want this reality of the Spirit working in your life to be more real than ever, just come to the altar today. Seek him. He will fill you. It's not a hard thing. Just yield your life to him. If you feel led to be filled with the Holy Spirit today, just come. Just come.
Just come as you are. And the Lord will fill you. You don't have to get all cleaned up. You don't have to get all dowled up. You don't have to get that out of your li- way of your life or that out of your way of your life. Just let him fill you. Just like you got saved, you didn't have to do any of that either. All you had to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. And all you're doing is saying, Lord Jesus, just pour out your spirit upon me. The Holy Spirit's already in your heart if you're saved. All you're saying is, Lord, now give me the gifts I need so that I can live for you even better than I do now. If you feel like being filled with the Holy Spirit today, come, let the Spirit have his way in your life. Come just as you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you and praise you for this time this time around your word.